Smoking sweat cigarettes Lower defenses The way you sigh, the way you cry I feel your heat upon my thigh You are here, back with me I love you to the core Help out, fuckers of blood I need you by my side Hello. Hey, baby, hey. Before we get started, I'd like to give an enormous thank you to one Patrick Burnett, who has rolled a critical bit, our highest tier on Patreon. Can you say that slower? Is that too slow? No, no, say it even slower. Oh, you think our I should? highest tier. Oh, my. An enormous thank you to Pat Burnett or Patrick, what do you want to be called? <laughs> no. Oh, God, he's going to unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. Who is just unsubscribed being <laughs> a critical bit, our highest tier on Patreon. You too can get a shout out if you subscribe at that tier or if you'd simply like to hear us chat after every episode, any supporter at $5 or above gets you access to Bits After Crits, our show after the show. Ta-da! Anyway, thank you to all our Patreon subscribers, no matter how small, who helped make this possible. Okay, we shouldn't say it like that. There are no small roles, only small actors. No small roles, just what you do with it. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> His Patreon subscription grew two sizes that day. <laughs> Ooh, I've got a raging Patreon subscription right now. <laughs> mm, highest tier. And if you want more baseless riffing like this, Bits After Crits is where you're going to find it. And the higher your subscription, the more opportunity for votes you have. Yes, because once we hit a certain number of subscribers, we will be voting on which season gets a sequel. And as in any good democracy, the more you pay, the more you vote. Yeah. Got that right. And without further ado, on with the show. I'm Dean Beckwith, and I'm here with... Tyler Cass. Stephanie Ward. Nick Mayfield. Maureen Fenninger. And uh, maybe not all of them will be here for next episode. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, What's Dean going to do? Kill Kill all of us? Yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed I am. No spoilers, but this is uh, shaping up to be quite the dangerous season so far. All four of you were wounded in some way, shape, or form. And uh, we're going to start this episode catching up with Esther and Mavis in the hospital. Mavis, remind me, what wounds did you take? Mavis had over-the-top physical strain, and uh, they had to take a minus one on any orders that were given to them. So that's until the end of this session specifically. Other injuries, like specifically Mavis got stabbed in the abs with a pencil at one point, knocked aside several times by superhuman strength, and of course, the age-old completely knocked unconscious in the middle of a scene. And uh, eventually was woken up by dear Esther, who remembered that oregano is something akin to a smelling salt in this world, but of course is also an aphrodisiac, so Mavis is now madly in love with Esther upon opening their eyes. I'd like to think at this moment, uh, Mavis is currently in the library section of uh, the hospital ward. There's a very small library there that's reserved for, you know, some of the more um, like residential patients. And uh, they are exploring the only children's story that they know of that they can possibly stock up on for Esther's future child. Oh, my God. Okay. And that is uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales. Okay. So Mavis has now got an armload of books just to take with them of some of these horrifying fairy tales. And they're fully prepared to start reading them every night to Esther's womb. Because Mavis wasn't nearly wounded enough. Mavis brought Esther to the hospital to care for Esther. Yes, yeah. Esther. Yeah. You are in a large room with a lot of beds and a lot of other sick people who were brought in recently, a lot of ER type people. You have an eye patch over your left eye. The way the doctor described it to you was the pencil came down 
on the edge of your eye where you would put the makeup. Egyptian makeup goes from the side of the eye to the edge of your face, you know? The pencil came down through into the socket and slashed open that part of your face. Your eye was damaged, but not punctured, which is huge. With recovery, you might be able to see again out that eye, but you do have a nasty scar. It looks almost like makeup coming right from the edge of your eye all the way back toward your ear that's sewn up with six stitches. Okay, and I would assume I've acquired a new pair of glasses so that I can at least see out of my good eye. Interesting. Why would you assume that? Because I have a lot of money. Oh, that's true. So (laughs) I had put you in the public section of the hospital with all the other people who are brought in off the street, folks the Bodmans might know from under the bridge. But I think, yeah, once you regain consciousness and, you know, make quite clear that you're able to pay for some of your health care, I think they bring by an optician and get you exactly the prescription you need. Because you, you're pretty wealthy, so they pay special yeah. attention to you. I think they even ask, well, it's going to be a couple weeks till you can take the eye patch off. In the time between, do you want glasses or would you prefer a monocle? Honestly, probably still glasses, but can I also have the monocle? I mean, I'm not going to hold a monocle all the time up to my one eyeball, but I mean, every now and then I might want a monocle. Absolutely. And I, I would like to add... Injury-wise, consequence-wise, that if the the no glasses is gone, but I do still have, till the end of this session, if I use my engineering or explosives, it just says, (laughs) ask Dean. Yeah. So so we'll have to find a way to get you to use that. Yep. If you wanted to, you could uh, rejoin Mavis wherever they've wandered off to. Yeah. I will describe Mavis to the orderly or the optometrist, not the orderly, and see if we can just get reunited. I'm walking. My legs aren't injured, so that's good. And I would also like to offer to pay for whatever Mavis, whatever treatment Mavis needed. I don't know if health insurance exists or not in 1923 Berlin, but... Health health insurance does exist. In fact, when the German unification happened, uh, universal health care was provided Uh, back in the 1800s. It was one of the first nation states to do it. Wow. And it was one of the first things that Hitler slashed from the budget when he took power. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I guess universal health insurance is just really foreign to me, so I didn't grasp the concept. But We film right here in America, folks. I think as you are led through the... There's lots and lots of beds with people moaning and groaning on them in the direction of the library. You see one of these bodies in a full body cast... Arms up, legs up. Seems to grunt at you. Uh, so, uh, sorry. Uh, w- the, uh, what? I, 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 never mind. I, I, I thought I knew you. Yeah, no, you don't get to say never mind after that. You just work so hard to say anything. Esther walks over to inspect this person to see if she knows who they are. This is an examine roll. We'll see. Thirteen. <sighs> oh. Good thing that this was very important to the plot and at a very niche moment, you know. Wow. So with your 13, you rescue the GM for having established a scene between two characters that actually don't know each other. You were the only person who wasn't in the last scene this person was seen. You don't pay attention to pop culture as previously established. However, you have a obsession with a certain individual who is a fan of certain things. It's also extremely difficult to recognize this person as the full body cast covers all of their face except their eyes and their large, bushy eyebrows. You recognize this face as the face of Carl Hinkle, a local clown who you know Francis really likes. He's been in some silent films. He's been part of the sort of cabaret vaudeville circuit. Francis is a fan of him. And, you know, he's uh, relatively popular. Oh, hey! Yeah, no, you do know me. Well, you don't know me, but I know you, and that's really what's important. Uh, maybe, can I get your auto? Mm, no, probably not, I guess. I was going to get your autograph, but uh, look at you! Uh, I th- this is bad! <laughs> <laughs> Mavis, you are walking back to rejoin the 
woman you love with an just a stack full of books in your arms? Uh, absolute stack full, so large, and uh, does not see Esther at first because of how tall this mountain is uh, until like they almost bump into her, but they can hear Carl uh, Hinkle's voice. Sorry, I, yeah, I, I wish I could give you an autograph. Oh, Mr. Hinkle, that you, my friend? And Mavis just like tries to get around this tower. Oh, Esther loses all color in their face, sees Esther noticing the books and says, Willem, I did not mean to uh, go to a library that was not managed by uh, someone as wonderful as yourself. Oh, uh, that is not to say that I, I prefer you. That is that's not to say that uh, uh, I uh, usually go to the library. That's not to say I don't read. I do read. Okay. A bit. Oh. I have books for you and your child. Oh, yeah, right. Um... Ooh, hold on one uh, second, uh, Mr. Uh, Hank. Uh, Can you hold on, please? Uh, Can you please be quiet for what? Yeah, thank you. Mavis, I just wanted to say thank you for, uh, you know, kind of saving my life back there. Oh, well, uh, the coin has two sides, uh, Miss Esther, and I, and I do believe that you are also uh, <clears throat> reciprocal to that. You saved my life as well. Yeah, but the situation was my fault, so. Just a tad, but, but I understand your anger. Oh. Well, I too have been in a situation where uh, there was another that I did not like tremendously. And, uh, well, you see, we were on opposing sides of the war. And uh, yeah. I was a sniper on uh, our end. He was a sniper for the other side. And I knew him and he knew me. We could see each other through the scopes all the time. But this is before we were given the command to uh, move forward with any firing. And we would just look at each other. We could see us making faces. Esther leans on the body cast of <laughs> Hinkle to get a comfortable position to listen to Mavis's story. <laughs> so this whole time, Hinkle's eyes have been flickering back and forth between the two of you. And all you can see is those eyes. And when you lean on him, it actually probably isn't painful because he's paralyzed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. Is he really? Uh, yeah, Carl Hinkle's this done. This is the man oh. we accordioned. Remember when we lubed him up into the gear? Yeah, but I thought, you know, maybe some parts had been shredded but not paralyzed. <laughs> it's, I think he's just a head. Oh, I like man. That Dean just dropped that bomb. Well, yeah, I guess it's fine because he's paralyzed. Uh, uh, I, With a grin. Uh, With a grin. As, as, as a, a former uh, a physical c- c- comedian who, who uh, is probably going to be a d- d- director for the rest of his life, uh, I, I just want to suggest uh, this scene between the, the two of you could... Could have been a, a good uh, meet, meet cute if 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 uh, you had uh, bumped and uh, dropped all the books and then had the conversation while p- p- picking them up. Mavis immediately stares at him, stares back at Esther, looks at the books, and just drops them all on the ground at once, not knowing what else to do. I don't think you should treat books like that. My condolences. I, I was and just like scrambles trying to get the books. Uh, I, I was um I, I was only thinking of uh, 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 Hansel and Gretel in this uh, little tale that I was reading, dropping the bread cu- crumbs, and I and I thought to myself, well, isn't that just nice? A responsible young man and a responsible young woman uh, dropping things to remind them of what is uh, home to them and truly. Really important. Important just like keeps rambling as I don't they're grabbing really think all the books. That that's contextually appropriate right now. And additionally, I feel as though the film industry is making people read less. So maybe Mr. Hinkle should keep his opinions to himself. Mr. Hinkle's eyes have kind of flicked back in his head. He seems to be in another place. He's not paying attention to either of you. He just starts gently humming. Mm-hmm. Does he need mouth to mouth? Do I recognize this song? Roll examine and you'll learn if you know the song. Six. <laughs> can I roll? Yes, of course you can All roll. Right, I'm gonna... Oh, eight. Uh, actually, no, nine. Mavis, if I remember, you live in kind of a hip part of town. Yeah, relatively speaking, got a an apartment overlooking some neon lighting. It is a uh, cool to the jive. Yeah, you. Cool, it is what? It is <laughs> cool to the jive, as the uh, whippersnappers are saying nowadays. Although Mavis is not that old, but 
in any case. I'm so sorry. I was in my own world for a second. Could you just say that one more time? Cool. To the jive. I can't even construct a mental image for that phrase, which is delightful. So uh, you had a pretty good success. You live across the hall from... It's a pretty noisy apartment. There's always people going in and out of there. It's a big studio apartment. And whoever is renting it treats it like a studio. There, It's a bunch of actor types. People sing in there. They practice. They have like readings of new plays in there. And there was a play recently with a bunch of cabaret songs. And this was one of them. Mm-hmm. Kind of foreboding. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like I've heard that somewhere before. Actually, I, I have. Uh, Mr. Hinkle, you, uh, are you hip to the young uh, actor scene nowadays? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm having a tough time adjusting to Cool Mavis. <laughs> Which, cool to the jive, Mavis. Cool to the jive. And with the new use of lingo, which no one has heard from Mavis before, Mavis is attempting to strike these uh, power poses by leaning one arm most unceremoniously on a massive lamp that is going over Carl Hinkle's bed and just stretched out. If they were Hans Bodman, oh, they would be successful in going at a 45-degree angle with this, but... You're leaning into Esther? Is that the... Away from Esther, but with the feet pointed at Esther. Wow. You've definitely been reading some books on body language in the hospital library. Why don't you roll Beguile to see? Because he's kind of out of it right now. I want to see if he responds to you directly. A four? Yeah. You rolled a four. You're leaning on this lamp. Oh, God. Oh. The lamp hits the uh, machine that is connected to Carl <laughs> Hinkle. Oh my no, God. no, 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 Dean, don't do it. And, and where there was a steady beep. No, beep. no, <laughs> Dean, <laughs> Dean back with him. Beep. If you kill this clown, I swear to God. You know, he's in a hospital. There's uh, the, what are those things called? Those, the paddles. He does have a full body cast over his chest, but there are the paddles. You just hear a beep. Oh, God. Um, Mavis is just watching this, horrified, and starts scrambling back and forth. Uh, 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 orderly, uh, uh, a doctor, uh, anyone, uh, and like tries screaming down the hallway. Uh, I need a little assistance here. There, there is a mime that has flatlined. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I think both nurses and a doctor come running and. And nurse comes with one of those large bone saws and begins sawing through the full body cast so that they can apply the electricity to his chest. A couple of the nurses shoo you both away into the hallway and uh, are like, please, please, you've done enough here. You've done enough. Can I get the books? Yeah. In what way do you want to get the books as multiple nurses are trying to shoo you out and away from? And they are also flanking, you know, this body and... I want to grab one. At least just one on the way out. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give that to you. Which book do you want? I'm going to go with Rapunzel. Okay. Esther is like a little visibly shaken. She doesn't have, there's like a tiny like shadow of reality in her feral eyes. And she just kind of looks up at Mavis and is actually very concerned. You know, I'm, I'm a little worried. I'm thinking that I think our actions might have consequences. And now I understand how that possibly could have looked but also think for a moment this is a very trained physical actor and uh, i have seen uh, uh, when i was reading in the library i was reading some reports of how you can be so immersed in your craft that you can still your heartbeat for a long period of time you know those professional runners where uh, they uh, go to the olympics they only got like four beats per minute, something crazy like that. And I'm thinking that this is part of a new training regimen. Mavis, I I normally wouldn't stop you, but uh, I've kind of gone through some stuff lately. And I got to tell you, you know, you, you told me to lie to myself last time and I kind of got stabbed in the face. So uh, I think, I think maybe you should kind of look at this for real. I think maybe we should start doing that. I think, you know what? 
Yeah, this isn't even a wedding ring on my hand. This is a, 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 just a paper clip that I just twirled into a wedding ring. I have some things to come to terms with. I got stabbed in the face, Mavis, and that guy, I think you really almost killed that. He might be dead for real. This isn't a book. This is, this is for, our actions have consequences, Mavis. I didn't understand that. Mavis's eyes sink in ever so slightly. They just nod silently. They look down the hallway with this just look of foreboding on their face. (laughs) Just start crying. Esther takes the book from Mavis's hand and just starts reading it out loud as they walk down the hallway together. Tell me about her hair. Mavis Beacon, call for Mavis Beacon. You hear an orderly shout down the hallway. Oh, I'm afraid our reading of uh, Rapunzel will have to be on hold. Now Esther takes a big sniff and tries, it it almost looks as though the tear recedes back into the duct. Yes, I am Mavis Beacon. You called for me? The orderly points down the hallway to kind of a lounge and says, there's a phone call for uh, one uh, Colonel Beacon. Oh, well, Colonel Beacon is myself. I will go take it. Thank you very much. Walks down to the end of the hallway and picks up that phone. Beacon here. And on the other line... You hear, is it a young or an old voice? Tell her I say hi. Anz, you are literally right next to the telephone with me. You can, you can tell them yourself. Okay, can you hear me? Uh, hi, Mavis. I haven't used a phone before. Mavis, Mavis it's Smitty and Hans. Are, are you there with Esther? I uh, never would have imagined it was the two of you. Yes, uh, I'm here with uh, Esther's right behind me. Uh, Esther, would you like to say uh, hello? Yeah, I got stabbed in the face. How are you guys? Honestly, not... Nearly as bad as I thought we would be in comparison to your antics that we have received some basic information about. I'm pretty scarred up, but I think they make me look even hotter, so I got that going for me. Yeah, Anz took a few bullets for me, but, you know, nobody got stabbed in the face and no um, university professors were exposed to ungodly horrors and lost their goddamn little minds. Well, um, I was just excited that a work of literature um, could move someone so much, that's all. There were a few unforeseen complications, uh, I will grant. However, no one died. Um, well... True. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. What? No, 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 no. What what are you doing? (laughs) An orderly comes up, don't they? Don't they? Oh, my God. You see down the hallway. No! No, we can't do it. We can't do it. We have to do it. What's Dean going to do? Kill our favorite NPC? (laughs) You, You see... From the end of the hallway. Oh, no. A few nurses filtering out of a hospital room. And a surgeon comes out. You see him shake his head. And they walk morosely down the hallway. You all all right there? You got yeah, quiet for a moment. What happened? Are you yeah, there still? What's going on? Uh, no. No, I'm going to say no. We're not really all right. Uh, we're learning some of the harsh realities of the world. Um, I offer you this in a trying time. Sometimes it's good um, to do things wrong so that we can have regrets, which at least has agency, where if everything goes right and we do all the right things and terrible things still happen, then we just have existential despair, and that's way worse than regret. Oh, well, thank goodness for that, because not for nothing, Mavis, we may have um, accidentally uh, triggered some of Colonel Diggory's post-traumatic stress disorder, which caused him to shoot violently at us and uh, attack us. And I may have, in in self-defense, had to throw a little bit of this uh, horrifying ink into his eyeballs. I kicked over his lilacs. You kicked over the man's lilacs? And that yeah. is the worst thing that we did in that situation. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is, Actually, that is don't even horrible. know how much of a bit that is. I think that is the worst thing we did in that situation. That, that's one of the worst. Th- he's a retired veteran. He shot at me. I you mean, it you was kicked over his eyelids far before he shot at Hassan's. Mavis just looks off into the distance and says, Esther, I'm, I'm going to take your words to heart, and I, I need to be up front with this group before they decide to move any proceedings forward with my person in it. <clears throat> Attention all, it appears I have just killed a civilian, and uh, while it was in the line of some kind of duty, I still did kill a civilian nonetheless. And uh, though his spine was accordion-shaped and he could not feel his legs. 
I do not think he went. attention. It does a military salute. I do not think he went peacefully. Wait, accordion shaped. Did you kill famed physical comedian Carl Henkel? Yes, I did, Smitty. It was kind of funny, though. They tripped over a lamp and then it, like, you know, unplugged it. So, really, it was a funny bit. It was an accident. I can't believe you would kill someone. (laughs) Oh, and that that is not the only thing. I am a coffee drinker. and And I have been lying to myself the last few days. I've been keeping myself awake only through the sheer power of caffeine. And I thought at first that maybe it was just a phase, but by God, no, it was not. More tears rolled on Mavis's face. And I like my coffee. Black. Gosh darn it. Yeah, and you guys also, while we're on this, um, if we're coming clean and accepting things, um, I've been living in a delusion for the past decade, and I think I'm uh, starting to come to terms with it a little bit. Um, I don't actually even know Francis Algernon. I've just, you know... touched his door and I've never really met him before or anything like that. So, uh, not married, not having a baby. Whoops, that one slipped out. Um, definitely would still die for him, but, um, maybe we need to start taking some healthy steps. Smitty says, yes, I think some healthy steps for you both would be very excellent. I think you should deal with these vices in your own time while Smitty is just fully, like, cartoonishly inhaling a cigar and blowing it all into Anz's face. Anz breathes in. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a sharp rap-a-rap at the door of your study. And one of the, actually, it's the one from before who got a special assignment because he did well. Gustav, little Gustav comes in and little Gustav has a little sachet and he empties it out on the desk and it is a beautiful pile of white powder. And he says, oh yeah, I got what you wanted, Smitty. Ah, thank you so much, little Gustav. Now go see yourself out, you little scamp. This is for my, uh, it's cocaine. What did did you order? I ordered a lot of cocaine. (laughs) Wow, that is a lot. Wait, are you seeing this over the phone? Well, I said it out loud, so... Well, it, it, Smitty, cocaine can be a very addicting habit. I would even venture to say worse than caffeine. Now, don't you dare come at me with that, Mavis. At this time period, it is considered extremely medicinal. It's mixed in a lot of medicine. Yeah, and, uh, and so- I'm an old man. But this is like straight cocaine, right? Oh, yeah. I love it. None of that gay shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Canonically homophobic Smitty? Uh, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I haven't met one yet. That's not true. I don't know that I've ever had cocaine outside of a a Coca-Cola bottle or or cough medicine. Is it very good for for your lungs? Does it help clear out the mucus? Oh, so not only are you a coffee drinker, but you do partake in the occasional Coca-Cola. We're learning a lot about each other, Mavis. Well, at least I'm being honest, and I am listening to my friends. And I know, Smitty, why don't we talk for a second about the handshake that we first had? I know that you are older than you look. Well, yes, I have revealed that to you at this point. Well, can we unpack that a little bit? Pretending to be a child? There is some kind of very strange attitude here. Esther just throws her head back in this moment and screams out loud in the hospital, I have nothing left to lose! (laughs) Smitty says to Mavis, well, fine, if you were running some sort of large organization composed of maybe hundreds of 10 to 12-year-olds, then maybe you too would want to attract a little less attention to yourself. Because I'll tell you what, if suddenly this old man just has a bunch of young spry boys running around and doing backflips over fences, people are going to start asking questions about the reckless endangerment of children. As opposed to if it's just one reckless youngin, then everybody just goes, oh, kids will be kids. But suddenly, as soon as I have a, a fully formed brain, people are going, oh, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. So yeah, maybe I lean into the childishness thing a little bit. But look, I can do this. And Smitty just starts doing backflips in his room while snorting cocaine. Smitty, you're doing a lot of cocaine. (laughs) Hans has also buried his face in the pile and is just currently, it's like there's an earthquake in the room. He's doing laps. Uh, Hans, uh, what's Smitty doing? I, 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 
I can't tell what he's doing. I, I can't I just, tell either. I'm I just dizzy. Hear, there's heavy grunting. Mavis, Mavis, while we're doing this intervention thing, can we maybe intervene on the book eating? Because I feel like that might be the worst vice of all, if we're being honest. Here, Ans, take these books I keep no. under my shelf. Yes, I was so hungry. <laughs> Throwing, yeah, into my open maw. Yeah. Ans, don't you dare eat those books while Esther's on the phone. Too late. You're not here. You can't stop me from doing anything. Don't even, don't even get your tongue remotely close to that title page. I already ate it. It's down his esophagus. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> One of the orderlies, Esther, who heard you shout, I have nothing left to lose, comes up to you and just quietly gives you one of those little pamphlets on mental health that are always available Especially in the waiting room. Especially in the 1920s. 1920s. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very woke republic. All right. You know what? Get Smitty's address. I'm not, I'm not going to stand over here while they eat books. For, and sort cocaine and do whatever it is they're doing. Backflips. I'm doing backflips. I'm glad that we finally introduced reality into our lives. It feels a lot better now. Oh, for, it's so good. I embrace it. For God's sake, one of you, just tell me where you are right now and we'll we'll go meet you. You know the big mansion? Yes, I know the big mansion. <laughs> we'll meet you there. All right. Hangs up the phone. Did you get the address? No. <laughs> Storms proudly off into the closest exit. Do you, do you follow them? Um, can I call that number back and get an address, please? Yeah, you can uh, pick up and... Well, you pick up the phone. This is the way it's done. And you hear, operator. Yeah, good morning, afternoon. I only can see out of one eye. Can you tell me who... Just connect it's me to the, who called It's pretty that. late in the evening, miss. Yeah, well, reality is fake, so whatever. Just uh -huh. connect me to the last person that called. Hmm. What's your sign, honey? What? Oh, obviously I am a Libra. So, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Connecting now, you hear a ring, and then Smitty's voice on the line. Wait, Hans, wait, that's my desk. It's made of newspapers, but it it's, is my desk. It's very similar to a regular book, and it looks tasty. Hans, no, 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 no. Oh, hello? Yeah, can you just uh, give us the uh, address? Oh, yeah, it's uh, 69420 Newspaper Way. <laughs> of course it is. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's the biggest mansion. It's the last one down at the end of the street before it dead ends into a cul-de-sac. Great. Okay, well, uh, you know, thanks for uh, trying to, um, you know, help me out with my relationship that I constructed in my head over 10 years. I really appreciate that. And when we do get married, you're definitely going to be in the wedding. Ooh. Esther hangs up. I like the, oh, oh okay, I kind of wanted to elaborate upon my specific role in the wedding, but that is fine. Oh, Hans, Hans, no, 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 put that down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that question goes unanswered. <laughs> so, Esther, you go where Mavis was leaving? Yeah, I'm going to get us a taxi and get us over there as fast as possible. Yeah, so as you uh, exit out the front of the hospital, you see a couple orderlies with a stretcher bring someone else in and you hear, "She's here. She's here." Miss Thornburg, please calm down. Please. No, no. She's here. I, I can sense her. She's near. She, she has to be stopped. She has to be stopped. Miss Thornburg, please calm down. And this stretcher is going past you into the hospital. Ooh, yeah. She should probably do some work on herself to figure out her own problems. <laughs> you know, I agree. There's a lot of baggage there. Yeah. Let's leave quickly. Yeah. <laughs> They just both rush out of the hospital at like a power walking pace. Hey, but we didn't destroy the hospital. And they high five. The hospital explodes. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. no, only Carl, yeah, Carl, Carl Hinkle's room. Die. Yeah. You did kill a person. I mean, I guess he wasn't far off. I don't know what you're talking about. He seemed perfectly healthy oh, after God. our experience together. Oh, God. He died for the bit. And it's what he would have wanted. Mm -hmm. He was a clown his whole life. Ripping bits. Before crits. Yeah, you call for a taxi, and uh, the taxi door opens up, and you tell the driver, 69 420 <laughs> Newspaper Way. <laughs> and you are dropped off at the end of the street. At what address am I dropped off at? You are dropped off at 69 420 Newspaper Way. <laughs> at the end of the street, there's a big, dilapidated mansion. Most of these large... Mansions were built uh, before the Great War. They all seem in like pretty bad disrepair. There's a young boy uh, scrambling through the window of this mansion. Scrambling through the window? Yeah, he's scrambling uh, out the window and he's uh, running off with a packet of papers under his arm. Uh, hey, uh, can you, we're looking for a big man that eats books and little old man boy. Oh, gee, I, I'm sure I wouldn't know what you're talking about. 
Okay, well, you're I'm just not- a newsie. Yeah, I can see that. Certainly not a member of a, a citywide organization uh, bent on uh, gaining more information than we distribute and slowly accruing more knowledge and taking over neighborhood by neighborhood. Mavis leans down and says, that was too oddly specific. Now, where the hell is Smitty? Oh, you, you want to be see Big Smith? Yes, I want to see no, Mavis. the Big Smith. Mavis, he's not big. That's going to be the wrong guy. Well, it, it's it's part of his complex, I'm sure. Okay, okay. Well, he, he's got the, that big Smith energy. That is true. He is uh, overabundant Yeah, he energy. acts big, I think, to make up for yeah. it. All right, yeah. But, gee, uh, well, you, you'll catch him in his office now. He, he went in there with a r- real scary-looking dude. You hear a window shatter, and a large chair made of newspapers lands next to you as it has been hurled from God knows how many stories up at the top from the top of this mansion. And you hear Hans, yes! (laughs) I imagine this front lawn hasn't been cared for much. Nope. There might be a couch on it that people hang out on. I feel this is very like Animal House vibes. Yes. Weeds everywhere. The front door is actually slightly ajar, so you can go in if you want. Well, yeah. Found him. Okay. (laughs) We walk in. Yeah, you are met quickly by uh, some more newsies who, oh, they're here to see the Smith. Is he Big Smith? Are we calling him that now? <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. That's a new one. Ever since he came in with that big friend of his, you know, we know with his complex, he's going to want to feel like he's the bigger man. And as they're uh, all chittering about, they form a they form two lines in a straight path that leads all the way up the staircase up to Smitty's office. And they all start snapping and going, the big Smith, the big Smith, the big Smith, the big Smith. And this is a big sweeping staircase that it's it is it's straight, but it's large on the bottom and narrows towards the top where there is a gigantic double doors in this office. And you hear just chaos coming from within it. The door is vibrating off of its hinges. And the two of you begin to hear, even with whatever you're doing in there, you begin to hear outside the chorus of the big Smith, the big Smith, the big Smith, the big Smith. I don't remember this chant, but I'm a little nervous they're going to summon something. <laughs> All of these newsies who you said were canonically snapping. Yes. The fingers with which they are oh, snapping no. Oh, are no. all stained with that self-same black ink. Can I get an examine from each of you? Okay. Ten. Oh, oh my. It's a five. Esther, you notice all the furniture in this place is made out of newspapers. And all over those newspapers, as well as stacks of the most recent edition, there are similar black smudges. And as they chant and their fingers snap, the big smith, the big smith, the big smith, you are quite sure you see the ink on the papers around the room begin to shiver a little bit. Okay, that is enough chanting, you guys. We're going to stop that now. Mavis, you had an absolute failure. Oh, yes, thorough. I think you have a flashback to a moment in the war. I love this this sniper you were facing down before. Mm-hmm. All the way across the trenches. His name was Robbins. I hate that son of a gun. I think this is a time when it was just you and Robbins. Everyone else was dead. And you heard a similar, it wasn't the same words, it wasn't the big smith, but you heard a similar chanting coming from a trench off in the distance. There's a lot of horrifying things you hear at war. The screams of men dying, machinery breaking. But as you sat there for 16 hours, staring down Robbins, both of you bore witness to some some chanting, some strange prayer, maybe, of an army that wasn't a part of your army. You, remembering this, take three mental strain. Oh, my God. Oh. Dana's on fire today, guys. You know who's not on fire anymore? Carl Hinkle? Yeah. <laughs> well, he might be being cremated. Soon. Oh, God. <laughs> Perhaps when the chant ends, the doors burst open to reveal a cloud of white fills <laughs> oh, <laughs> flows from outside the doors. You can see a massive, massive Ons Bodman lifting above his head the small Smitty as he shouts, Big Smith is here!
All right, newsies, let's get cracking. I've had a lot of ideas, all right? I got a lot of ideas. We're not doing this thing right. We're not doing this thing right at all. So here's what I want from all of you newsies, okay? We're going to double the search for Hood Annoyment. We're going to go ahead and we're going to publish a story. I got a big story I want us to publish, all right? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out everything we can about a little something known, known as the Night Division. There's a series of former soldiers from all sorts of ranks wearing hodgepodges of uniforms known for their f- uh, for their smudges of black ink all over their faces these dalmatian like patterns yes esther raises her hand yes esther yeah um well hans has some black ink on his face do you think this might be misleading information that may make people think that he may be in the night division? Incorrect. This is just an example. <laughs> okay. But this is perfect. We'll use Hans as an example. Exactly. You could paste my face up everywhere. Put exactly. It in the and we'll put a small disclaimer in very, very small font that says, not an actual member of the night division. And everyone will know. And everyone will know you are not an actual member of the night division. I love this idea. Let's do it. Get to it. And we're going to put the word out on, on all of them. They're deserters. They're killers. They like to live in the beneath the shadows and under the cover of... And away from the scrutiny of the outside world. So we're going to put them everywhere. Everywhere. And I would like to rouse the crowd. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, okay. So that's a seven to nine. <laughs> so I get to choose one. Choose one. Oh, no. Well, it sounded like you were trying to, well, acquire useful information or gain the support of the locals. <laughs> Oh no. The question is which one of those don't you want? Oh no, because then also no matter what, unless I just choose to have nothing else happen, my enemies will be violently tipped off. Mm-hmm. Oh no. It's a newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> Smitty is flying by the seat of his pants. Um I am gonna go for gain the support of the locals. Okay. Well, it's not in print yet, so we'll see what happens when you Print the special edition. Wow, Big Smith, I really admire your ability to motivate large masses of people. Perhaps the Newsies and the Hot Bod Squad can have a, a meetup one time and join forces for the greater good. Mavis nods their head and says, uh, you know, if you add an E at the end of Smith, that would spell smite and just winks at Esther knowingly. Nice literacy. Oh, thank you. I've been reading. The newsies start chanting, smite, 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 No, 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 no. Hey, uh, hey, uh, here we go. With the chanting, I'd maybe not do that so much. A lot of bad things are happening when we're chanting. Like, I'm pretty sure I just saw this ink, you know, this um, horrifying substance that we all are covered in um, moving during that chanting. Yeah, I, I didn't want to say it myself, but uh, seeing those figures come off the walls definitely gave me the heebie-jeebies. It's almost as if it could have been a, an excellent premise for a future children's show set about 80 years from now called Dragon Tales. You talk about when they when they sing to the egg and then just all the random drawings come off the walls and warp them to Dragonland? Absolutely. That's exactly the image I'm thinking, too. <laughs> Smitty looks around, and for the first time uh, since the, these escapades, actually gets to get a good look at his troops and notices that they are indeed all, all covered in uh, bits of this black ink and gets really grave for a moment and asks Hans to put him down because Hans has just been hyperextending his arms up here for the whole conversation. And Smitty comes down and goes up to one of the newsies and says, how long have you had this stain on your, on your hands? This, is, this isn't typical newspaper stains. Examine. Ten. Oh, geez, Smitty, you know, I hadn't even noticed it before. I mean, yeah, we usually get kind of smudged up, but he, no, you got a ten. Were you going to kill him? I was going to have him, tr- his first instinct was to clean it by rubbing it all over his tongue. Oh. <laughs> but you got a 10. Mm-hmm. No, well, that's what happens. He reaches up to, but you notice it in time. You see, And I grab him by the arm, not where the ink is yet. Ah. And I say, no, no, oh, no. I'm trying to clean it off. No, so we don't. You say we should be clean, boys. No, look, look at this man. I point to Hans. Look uh. at this man. All right. Don't look at my mouth. Don't. Nope. Look at his mouth. Look at his mouth. That is not where we want to end up. All right. You got that newsies? Oh, we are not going to oh, end up like I, this. No, no, Smitty. I, I don't want to end up in his mouth. Definitely not. Okay. You know what? I, I saw what he did to the papers. If, I saw. 
If that's I've what never we tried do, Newsy before. Yeah, that's right. So if any of you dare try to ingest this ink, I will feed you to this monstrous man. Understood, my oh-so-supportive Newsies? Hans' stomach growls. Mavis takes the pamphlet that Esther got from the orderly at the hospital and gives it to the Newsy that was about to lick the ink off their hands. Yes, Big Smith, Big Smith. All of them say it once. And you notice that as he is thumbing through the pamphlet, it is getting smeared with black ink. It is at that moment that you hear uh, a phone in your study ringing once more. Mavis, Esther, Ans, why don't we go into my study? Uh, Newsies, about your business. Is no one going to compliment my iPad? Yes, or Big what? Smith, Big Smith. Newsies, on your way out. Please, each of you compliment Esther's eye patch huh. in a specific way that makes her feel seen, noticed, and heard. Oh, gee, that really offsets your uh, maybe too small mouth. Oh, wow, that makes me really not notice that your fingers are a little too long. Oh, gee, there's such a wildness in one eye that I'm glad I can only see one. I really like the color. Nice. Are you wearing glasses or a monocle right now? I have my glasses on. Oh, gee, I think it's really cool that you still got those glasses. Those look new. Thanks. Gee, you're pretty. Did you just say to me? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They all, they all hold them back. He said nothing. He said nothing. He didn't mean it. We swear. Okay. The phone upstairs is just ringing. <laughs> okay, yeah. All the newsies go, and we go on in, and I close the doors behind us, and Smitty goes on over and picks up the phone. Smitty. Is that who I think it is? Well, of course, darling. Look, I've got a guy on the other line for you. Sounds like quite the uh, queer guy, you know? What was that? Can we all hear, or is it just Smitty? Because uh, the man that you took this mansion from was a very wealthy man. I think there is a little attachment. It kind of looks like a phonograph. You can screw it on to the speaker Mm -hmm. of the phone, and uh, you can make use of this speaker phone. Yeah, it makes uh, group conversation uh, easier. Call it a speakerphone or a speakeasy, if oh, you will. Oh, perfect. Then I then I can ask uh, in character. So how exactly does someone sound gay, huh? Sound queer? From what I read in the dictionary earlier, uh, the term queer could be used to describe someone who is unusual. Nice literacy. Thank you, Esther. Winks at her again. That's all I was saying. You know, he's got a particular vocal speech patterns. He's Austrian, all right? Oh, he's an immigrant. Right. Okay, no, I got you. I got you. That one Austrian guy that we all know. All right. Well, thank you, Gladys. And uh, hey, hope you have a nice rest of your evening. You going to have your bubble bath? Oh, I'm going to have the bubble oh, bath. Gladys, you and your bubble baths. Well, you know, yeah, the stars are right for me this evening. Oh, this wow, is for man. relaxation. I'm just going to put myself under that water, and then I'm going to rise up a new woman. Lattice, you Capricorn son of a gun. All right, put us on the line with the immigrant. All right, now connecting. Oh, hello, hello. When we connect, huh? Oh, yeah, I guess he does kind of sound pretty queer. Oh, is Hans? Uh, Yes, hello? Hans is with Smitty? Oh, no, no. Smitty, it's just Smitty here. Uh, hi, uh, don't I sound like Smitty? <laughs> Sorry about that. My, uh, my, uh, my, I had something lodged in my throat. It's uh, just me over here, uh, Eric. Well, I have good news and bad news, you know. Uh, it is good. You know, maybe you should tell Hans anyway. If you're you know, in relationship now, you know, you come together to the showing. We know how it goes. Well, looks like the film from that night at the library kind of damaged, you know? We kind of have to be, like, fixing it up. But, like, good news, meet very cool guy, very cool American guy. He helping me, like, you know, fix the film. We do new rotoscope technique. Uh, We're going to make fully animated film. But, you know, it's going to not be ready till maybe Friday. Oh, no. That is so unfortunate. Wait, this was an American, you said? Oh, yeah, very cool. Well, you know, maybe they're not quite American, Californian, you know, like kind of like the Austria of like the Austro-Hungarian Empire, like, you know, big part. Oh, yes, famously, famously that analogy works. You know, it's like a Texas, right? Not real. 
America. Shut the fuck up, Dean Beckwith. Yeah, you need, I, no. you're, yeah, you you're know treading a real up. fine line. You're, all right, all right. You know what? I'm, I don't care what he said about. Is that a cancellation? Yeah, I don't yeah, care what canceled. he said about queer. Canceled. He's fucking canceled for talking shit about Texas. Oh, look, I have strong opinion. You know, it should have been part of Mexico. The Mexicans, they deserved it. Alamo, very bad. We're our own goddamn republic. We were our own country for almost 10 years. You know sir. how many uh-huh. flags we've had, Dean? We can fly our flag at the same level as the United States flag. How many flags, Maureen? Only one. No, Maureen, how many flags does <laughs> Texas famously have? There's a whole theme park oh, based the on it. The six flags yeah. that have flown over Texas. Yeah, we're on the same page. You don't know that? No, that's why it's called Six Flags. That's why it's called yeah. Six Flags, yeah. Because oh. Texas has flown under six different banners. Yeah, first being Mexico. Uh, so Mexico, Spain, France, the Confederacy, the United States, and then itself. The Republic of Texas. Yep. Wow. There's a lot of Texas energy coming from that side of the table. Yeah. Right? Oh, you don't say? Big Tex energy. <laughs> Boom. I'm wearing my Back Astros to the show. <laughs> <laughs> now that we've tricked you to learning a little bit about American history. Well, Texas history. Let's go back to a conversation between four canonical Germans and an Austrian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, you know, you know, I don't know how to say this, but to Californian, you know, he working very hard, right? He, you know, I kind of worry about him like a little bit. Like, I feel like, you know, maybe someone should check in with him, you know? Here's the thing, you know, I like professional artists, you know, like Hans. Hans, very professional artist. Smitty looks at Hans. Oh, and says, shut up, shut up, Hans. Oh, yeah, I, I hear he's going by Hans now, just so you know. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, Hans. Ooh, I like very... Oh, this is your stage name. Ons is very like professional artist. This Mr. West, you know, he's he maybe he do, you know, a little too much uppers. Now he he getting this uh, you know, his roommate, uh t- some professor guy to help him work on the project. Uh-oh. Oh, Are you sorry. okay? Smithy? I'm having a mild allergic reaction as the seasons do change. Mavis starts to fan Esther's face. Okay, well, that is, I can hear someone's breath is very loud going in and out. I have installed a uh, device that spins generating air in my in my room. I'm thinking of calling it a fan. Okay, yeah, does uh, we definitely have those in Austria already. You guys are such innovators. Yeah, Please continue. You are savages. Yeah, thank you. Okay, it sounds like you like it a little much. But anyway, yeah, so, you know, he he got this guy, his roommate, like, helping him on the project. And I think, you know, maybe his roommate, he's not, like, real artist guy. He's <gasps> he, like, a nerd. Achoo. Okay. Um, Achoo. Oh, hang on. Let me blow my nose for one second. Mm, and then There's Smitty. making stabbing motions in the background. Smitty is looking at Esther going, stop, stop, stop it. Shut up, shut up. Ma- Mavis is trying to, like, hold down Esther. Okay, um, do you want me to call, like, I know this doctor, he come to home, he kind of check out your lungs, Smitty? Yeah, you could go ahead and call him. <laughs> Gene is going to just, <laughs> okay, yes, I'll improvise a doctor and have him come to your house. Great, great, great. great. How, about, how about you have him come over in just a few days, though? It sounds pretty serious over there. Yeah, have him come over now, then. <laughs> Okay, well, well, I'll have him come over, but, you know, maybe even more important than that is, like, I, I'm not saying I'm willing to risk your life or anything, but maybe you could visit the Californian, kind of, like, get the nerd guy out of the way, and, like, maybe Ons can take part in the art, because, well, you know, I, I don't want to say rumor I hear, but, you know. What is he talking about? I'm I willing to, to risk my life. I want to risk my life. Okay, how yeah. many people on this line? Oh, so uh, I'm considering going into, um, I, I've heard uh, that uh, radio plays are big now in Austria, and I was actually thinking about auditioning for a radio play for you. Okay, look, radio play, they're done. I know. Television now coming out. Nobody will want to listen to silly stories. Listen to some, like, guy's dumb voice they come up with. Yeah. They would yeah. never want to listen to this thing. Yeah, certainly. People want to see, like, oh, he is a star. Biggest star I ever find. I love him. Cannot wait for him to get better. People want to see the physical comedy of Carl Hinkle. Yeah. Well, you got to tell him. It's oh. yeah. You should tell him. I I have heard some great things about Carl Hinkle. No, no. Tell him the other. Th- May he rest him. in peace. Did you yeah, say yeah. Mavis killed him? <laughs> May he rest in <laughs> peace. Yeah. Uh, 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 oh, hey. God. Uh, 
This is like Inuit throat singing. I hear lots of voices at once. What's going on? I had a moment of panic uh, as I was doing my vocal exercises. I should inform you that Carl Hinkle is now dead. <laughs> is now dead. <laughs> Carl Hinkle okay. is now dead. Oh. I am so sorry. It was an accident at the hospital. He passed away peacefully and quietly oh, no, in no. his sleep. Oh, no, no. It was bad. They oh. had to bring a saw It was out. bad. Strangely unevent- unrelated to his uh, day at the set. Okay. Yep, nothing we, nothing to do with we that. We were uncertain of his quality of life to begin with, if we were all uh, being honest. Per- perhaps it was a mercy. The royal we, of course. Okay, I cannot believe this. This project, I have other guy before Carl. He dumb nerdy guy too. I replace him with Carl because I know Carl is it's genius. You tell me, this is a bit, right? This is one of his bits. One of Carl's bits? This is a Carl bit. It is a bit. His final bit. What about the other guy? Who's the other guy? Uh, Who's this other other guy you're you're referring to? Oh, you'll never know his name. He is is done in this industry. I cancel him because of what he say on set. What did he say? What was it? Yeah, no, I'm getting a little concerned, but Must please have been repeat it. Pretty bad. It uh, I cannot say over the phone because you know, sometimes maybe you not know this, but sometimes the government they have the operators listening in. You mean more people than you think are listening to a phone conversation could be listening to a phone conversation? Oh, that's not true at all. <laughs> Gladys, get off the line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you good at these voices. Yeah, um, thank you. He was a big voice guy too, you know, very well spoken. How dumb, right? We looking for physical comedy or radio. Don TV. No, no, that's not a thing. <laughs> you just gave We're it. We're it in panic <laughs> robot arms. Deep went Domo Origato Mr. Robot. All right, we're leaving that in to, to show. <laughs> radio. Done. Movie. New thing. What so, about books? Books are forever. They canceled. What? Yeah, bummer. Smitty, I accept this. You, oh. But look, you know, I know it's late, but, you know, artists, they like to work around the clock, especially when they have access to good supply of, like, uppers. Maybe uh, you check in on uh, the Californian, make sure the nerd is not Ruining the project. Smitty, Smitty, can you tell him if he says that Francis Algernon is a nerd one more time that I will absolutely put a bomb on his set? Will you tell him that for me? That's this new character I've been thinking about who likes to place bombs on things when she's excited about them. Uh, What do you think of that character voice? I think uh, you'll have to roll Beguile and I'll find out. Oh, now I get to roll. Now I have to roll (laughs) Beguile. Oh, fuck. Eleven. Ooh, this is something I, I almost hear. I don't want to say, you know, everyone ideas their own idea. This other guy, this like dumb guy, he, he you know, mentioned thing about, oh, sabotage set, destroy set, you know, bad things happen to you, you know, accept my demands or else. Okay, well, that is done, but I like it as like a story, you know, very strong German expressionist, like cool mysterious guy plants bombs on set like we could even make it oh we make it dedicated to carl hinkle wow that would be a beautiful and touching tribute to a man who was taken from this world too too soon smitty looks at mavis briefly mavis pretends to be reading the book is upside down yeah, I guess that's it. Maybe check out, you know, California. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, kind of cool news. This uh, this guy, this herb, herby. I don't know how true, but uh, you know, he said that he see Herta and uh, Herta be coming to the showing on Friday too. So maybe you know, maybe it's just an act. We see. I'm so sorry. Wait one moment. You said you saw. You said this man saw Herta Neumann. Maybe it's a joke. You are a key suspect in a criminal investigation of the disappearance of Herta Neumann, and when you believe that you have located her, you did not choose to follow up with Herbie? Look, I explain very good at the beginning her disappearance, very good for media, right? All, all, everyone are all around town. Everyone's, everyone's fingers so smudged because they read in the paper about Herta's disappearance, right? Even me, I like, my hands are black, oh, you know? No. I'm almost like, oh, one of uh, Carl's like old characters he would do in the States. And now 
You know. Oh, wow. Wow. Getting the, getting, getting the, the, thank God we got a blackface reference in today. Oh, <laughs> took me a second. <laughs> Maybe you don't feel so bad about killing him now. Um. You win. <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it's very good for uh, publicity for the film that she's missing and even if he know where she is and, and you know, maybe even if he involved in disappearance, I not worry about it. I not want to see her until publicity has, you know, run its course. It's small thing. It's not big deal. Well, that sounds great. Irby is currently staying with uh, his professor roommate, right? Yeah, he's staying at Francis's. I know where he lives. Oh, I know where he lives. nerd. Oh, hey, enough. I'm bringing a bomb. I'm bringing a bomb. You can't stop me from bringing a bomb. I love this character that she has this song she sings called I'm bringing a bomb. I'm bringing a bomb. Yeah, you can't stop me from bringing a bomb. It's great. Oh, cool. I like that. I knew, again, we steal ideas from the people who are canceled. But I like, I'm bringing a bomb. And that's going to blow you up. Oh, uh, what, do we, throw up. what do we say about chanting earlier? I'm, I'm getting a bad feeling about this. And when it clicks down to the bottom, oh, that sounds then terrible. explosion, I don't think blast I take it, it up. Oh, God. I, I, I'm, I'm under mental strain. Yeah, take two mental strain. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than <laughs> ab. Oh, fuck. Everything you say is canon, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Darn, I just took one mental strain. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Eric, for all of the help and useful information. We will uh, be sure to check in with uh, Irby and the professor. The Noid, if you will. Smitty, I will push you down your flight of stairs, and it's a big flight of stairs. It's a fun character to do. She has a roommate who lives in a place with a big flight of stairs. Uh-huh, cool. Well, yeah, so be quick about it. We delay it till Friday, but we don't want to delay any further. Sounds good. This has been a delightful conversation, and uh, I hope you'll consider me if you ever get any uh, radio gigs, uh, if uh, radio gets reborn again in the cultural zeitgeist. Uh, no, that would, like, honestly, just I think about it, that would require, like, extremely cheap radio technology that, like, the proletariat could have access to, like, anyone could create their own radio show and broadcast it to anyone, you know, peer-to-peer, very stupid stuff. Not yeah. going to happen. The only way they would be able to, you know, finance it would be if they had a dedicated fan base who could get... Uh, extra episodes of content from it. Said radio technology easily accessible by a group of hilarious individuals. Not happening this century. Yeah, definitely not. Cool. Well, talk to uh, you soon. Uh, so would you like to keep in touch? Uh, uh, check in. I want to know that Hans, oh, oh sorry, Hans is, uh, you know, working on the project instead of that. Nerd. And he okay, hangs that's up the phone. It, that's uh, the it. Phone's hung up. Phone is hung up, Esther. <laughs> I've really about had it with this. All right. All right. Now, listen, we have something we clearly should do. We can go and check in with um, the love of your life yes. and the love of your life. Yeah, big time. While accompanied by, to pointing to Mavis, the love of your life. Yes. Oh, there's, this is a complicated love triangle we have going here. It's more like a dodecahexagon. I don't know if it ever reconnects, though, so it's just kind of a zigzag going to infinity. I'm going to be honest. I'm amazed you know what dodeca even means, Sans. Well, I don't. So, as we end the episode, I, as the game master, will determine that you are going to that location rather than doing something utterly silly. <laughs> I, I'm Us? feeling very uh, like tracked into yeah, a story really right good. now. Yeah. Uh, I just I will say the last thing Smitty does before we do go to that location is take a large thing of newspaper and pour the remaining cocaine into it and wrap it up into a nice little bundle and then put a stick through it and hold it over him like one of those cute little boxcar children. Because it was mentioned that uh, he, uh, you know, likes the Eppas. So Herb maybe we can... be a guy that likes his substances. Yeah, I figured, you know, it might just make the conversation go a little bit easier. So uh, the four of you exit this house. The Newsies chant maybe a chorus as you leave. They all chant, Nerd, 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 nerd. I have to hit one. (laughs) We have to leave and go to the place, and you're making me have to hit these children. I don't know where they get it. I'll tell you. I'll tell you, kids these days. And I hand I hand a hundred marks to the one that I asked to spread it around, just to rile Esther up. 
Esther, can you roll a dare moxie to prevent yourself from? Three. (laughs) (laughs) Take two mental strain and attack the nearest newsie. No. No. Thank you. (laughs) Also, I'd just like to say a hundred marks is like, what is it? A tenth of a cent? Don't teach them that. Don't teach them that. (laughs) Wow, that couldn't even buy one slice of bread for my hungry, starving family. Nope, it definitely couldn't. Yeah, but what hurts the most is the words these children are saying. Does anyone try to drag Esther off of the child that she's mercilessly beating? Smitty tries. Smitty would like to grab onto Esther. Physique. And I will take an inspiration for this afterwards because I'm daring myself to protect another. That is, however, a six. Yeah, I think you have interrupted a woman in the throes of madness. Yep. She gives you a solid elbow in the eye. Yep. Take uh, one physical strain. Yep. Well, you know, it's like they say, eye for an eye. Children, children, stop that. And oh, I oh I no. go in uh, to grab Esther with my ability to bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> Seven to nine, I get to choose. I can either disarm them, subdue them, or avoid their attack. And I think I'm going to subdue her by uh, grabbing her by the nape of the neck and just lifting her off the floor. Yes, her heels are kicking, and as she kicks you in the nethers. <laughs> That's one point of physical strain. Okay. <laughs> listening to listening to Eric sing was too, but <laughs> I'll take it. Well, a full sensible heel to the nuts is just <laughs> one. <laughs> I can't reach. I'm j- I have short legs, so I'm probably it's a just the it was just, just a the tip. tip. In in my mind, you know, his, his members hanging in front of the nuts, and that counts as at least two armor. I think that I think that they would uh, be used to uh, at least some sort of uh, attacks. I don't like the word member. I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> that made me swell up inside. It made you swell up. Swell up. Oh fuck. <laughs> we just end the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I fuck it up more. Right. So, on that note of uncircumcised girth. What? We bid you adieu. What's happening um, next time? <laughs> oh my god! Goodbye. Bye. 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 Follow Bye. us on Instagram. Bye. <laughs> Hilldale Mountainside, Heartland, the ocean. Oh, blood to part us. Yes, I have the notion. I'll sail that boat, catch that 